Let's pray this morning. It is an amazing statement. Emmanuel, God with us. Father, that's what we ask for in this moment. That you would just be here, as you promised, to fill this room, to fill our minds and our hearts, to receive all the burdens of the week, take all the winding roads that we've been on before and that now brought us to this place and straighten our path. Let your sovereignty as king rule, not just in this moment, but in the days ahead of us. Be Emmanuel and be our Lord to guide us, preserve us, and to let our lives rise above as that fragrant offering of praise and sacrifice to you. Father, let this time be all about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and have a seat this morning. All right, we are uh, continuing our uh, series called Unwrap, and uh, what we've been doing in, in this uh, series is looking at the experience of the wise men, and I'm not going to reread the story. You probably know the story, and uh, after all, we're, you know, we're getting closer to Christmas. We all know that, right? I mean, we, we're you know, getting more and more anxious about uh, our shopping lists and all those kinds of things going on, and uh, finally, we're getting uh, Christmas music starting to play on the radio, right? So we know we're moving towards Christmas, by the way. Just as a note, uh, 99.1 The Mix. If you listen to that this week and next week, you'll hear us on the radio. we got radio spots running. So kind of a cool thing for us, inviting people to come and join us for live nativity and, and uh, for our Christmas worship. So just kind of turn that on, brag about it to your friends, and let them know and get them listening. It's also 99.1themix.com if you want to do that. All right? So listen to that. But anyway, we're, we're, uh, we're getting closer, moving uh, towards Christmas and you know, so here we got you know another candle lit on the Advent wreath, and uh, and uh, we're moving down the list now on these gifts uh, that that the kings bring. And last week we talked about the kings. We talked about that uh, gift of gold, and today we move on to talk about uh, frankincense. And so just to remind you, it comes out of Matthew two, uh, and it says. These uh, wise men showed up, and they went into the house, and when they saw the child with his mother Mary, they knelt down and worshipped him. They brought out their gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh and presented them to him. So that's our focus this week, right? The, the gold was last week, which means today is frankincense, right? You ready with that? Okay. So how many are, are scholarly on frankincense, right? Not one of those things we talk about a lot. We, we sing about it every Christmas and probably go, you know, it's kind of like in that song about I raise my Ebenezer and everybody says, we're raising Ebenezer Scrooge. What's up with that, right? I mean, it doesn't make well, frankincense. What is this stuff? Uh, frankincense, right? Well, let me tell you, you're going to be a hit at the Christmas parties now. I'm telling you, just play those those trivia games. You got it. Uh, frankincense uh, is really rare. It's really a rare thing. Uh, it comes from a specific tree, and the tree uh, it only uh, grows uh, in. Uh, the Middle East, and in particular in uh, northern Africa, Somalia has a population of these of these specific uh, trees, and uh, so it's kind of a rare commodity. And so, what you do to get frankincense is you find one of these kind of rare trees, and you go there and you peel back the bark, and then after you peel back the bark, you take a knife and you make a cut, 
into the trunk of the tree, like this one here. And then, of course, the tree begins to bleed. It begins to emanate sap. And you just let it do that. And then you let that sap dry. And then you show up with the knife or some kind of scraping tool. And you scrape off these chunks of, uh, of dried sap. And you end up with frankincense. That's what you end up with. Now you know. You end up with, uh, with frankincense. So frankincense in and of itself is kind of a, a rare commodity. Uh, but what's important for us is not just the whole, you know, where do you get it, how do you get it thing. The real importance for us is understanding why would these kings bring frankincense? Well, in Israel, frankincense was an even more important commodity. Uh, not only was it rare, but in, uh, in, in Israel, frankincense is what we would call today a controlled substance. You've heard of that phrase? Yeah. Okay. So frankincense, hope you don't have a lot of that or any of that, but anyway, frankincense is a controlled sub substance in Israel. That, this, this is so important that frankincense can only be used in one place in one circumstance. And that's it. The only place that frankincense is allowed to be used is in Jerusalem at the temple, and it's only used for worship. That's it. You can't have it in your house. You can't own it. The only purpose it has is to be there at the temple and to be, be part of the offering experience of worship at the temple. If we go into Leviticus, you can see how God teaches the people of Israel about the importance of this. Uh, Leviticus, talking about a grain offering, says, If you present a grain offering to the Lord uh, from the first portion of your harvest, bring fresh grain that is coarsely ground and roasted on a fire. Put olive oil on this grain offering. Sprinkle it with frankincense. Thank you. The priest will take a representative portion of the grain moistened with oil, just a little bit of that, but together with all the frankincense and burn it as a special gift presented to the Lord. What is frankincense? Frankincense is this controlled commodity, this controlled substance that is only there in, in Israel for the purpose of worship. That's it. It's there to just be that, that aroma and to be that, that smoke that just fills the air and permeates the experience of worship, of lifting up prayers and supplications and lifting up praise and glory and honor. That's, that's its purpose. If you go to Leviticus 24, further in Leviticus, you get another experience that says, put some pure frankincense, none of that tainted generic stuff, right? Put some pure frankincense near uh, each row to serve as a representative offering, a special gift presented to the Lord. So this is a special commodity, and its focus is only on worship. And we know God wants worship. The prophet Malachi describes the experience of, of God just receiving constant praise and constant worship. The prophet Malachi says, From the rising of the sun to the setting, my name shall be great among the nations, and in every place incense, or frankincense, shall be offered to my name, and indeed a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. So you get this now? Frankincense is that experience of worship, that element of worship 
that just wafts and raises and rises above everything else to just show the greatness and the glory of God. And that's the gift. That's the gift that the wise men bring. Now, let's put this all in context. What's really interesting is as the wise men come, they don't just bring the gift in a tin. It's not just some wise guys showing up with with a bunch of crystals of, of frankincense. Look again at the text. It says, they went into the house, and when they saw the child with his mother Mary, what is the first thing they did? They knelt down and worshipped him. Before they even gave the gifts. Before they even gave out the, the, the Christmas gifts. They knelt down and they worshipped him. Now I want you to think about this. You, this is an insight you're going to... This is going to get you. You ready? These are wise men. And how old do you suppose Jesus is at this point in time? How old do you think he is? Well, Herod guesses that he's no older than three years old, right? Because later on we hear Herod sends a bunch of troops to kill all the boys that are three years and younger, right? So, so he's a, you know, anywhere from you know like nine months to two years old or three years old. He can't be greater than three years old. So he's just a little toddler type, right? You know what that means? These wise men came into that place and they worshipped Jesus just for who he is, not for what he's done. They didn't know anything about a Sermon on the Mount. They they didn't know anything about the words and the promises that Jesus would would speak over life. They they didn't know anything about one day when 5,000 people and more were fed. They didn't know anything about lame people or made to walk. They didn't know anything about blind people or given their sight. They had no clue about dead people who are raised to life. They didn't know any of that stuff. All they knew was the promises that the prophets had proclaimed. And when they came into that house, they bowed down and they worshipped. Why? Not because of what he did, but purely because of who he is. That's awesome, isn't it? See, you and I are on the other side. We know all those stories. We know all the experiences that Jesus has accomplished. We saw the evidence of who he really is. And the opportunity for us is to do just the same thing this Christmas. To to, to unwrap the truth and the reality of who Jesus really is. Not, Not just to unwrap it because it makes us feel good. Not just to unwrap it because somehow we get a warm, cuddly kind of feeling about loving Jesus. But to unwrap it because we get it and we understand who Jesus really is. See, all they had was what the prophets said. Remember, they maybe learned it from Daniel along the way or somehow they got in there, but all they could point to was stuff like Isaiah saying, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he'll be called what? Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God. They get it. That's why they're on their knees. They they understand what the psalmist said that you're supposed to do when you're in the presence of God. It says, come, let us bow down and worship Him. Let us fall on our knees in front of our Lord and Maker. Why? Because He is our God. They're on their knees 
before a toddler because they know who this toddler is. God. He doesn't have to prove it. He doesn't have to show it. They just fall down and let out the aroma of worship with their lives. Now, you and I, you and I, we are so far ahead of the game. Not only do we now know, as a result of this morning, hopefully, what frankincense is and where it comes from, but, but we know all the experiences of Jesus. We, we know the words that He's spoken and, and the promises that He made. We know all the miracles that He accomplished. And more than that, we know that He not only came into the world, but that He went to the cross and He walked out of an empty tomb. We know it. We have all the evidence that allows us to do the very same thing with our lives. To, to unwrap, to, to really unwrap the reality of who Jesus is. Not just what he did, but unwrap the reality of who Jesus really is. Matthew he understood the reality. One of the disciples, he understood the reality. And, and so he would write about all the things and, and everything that Jesus said and did that he could recall. And, and even as he starts his gospel, he describes uh, those wise men for the East, you know. And, and he even talks about people who didn't get it. And this is the tragedy of the story. This is the tragedy of the experience. The wise men come in and they fall out and worship just because of who Jesus is. But, but down the road, there's some folks who didn't get it. So, so Matthew tells us, listen, when the wise men came, they went to Jerusalem. They asked uh, King Herod, and they said, so where is this king? Where is this king? Where can we find this guy? And, and King Herod's response, although we all know it's false and fake, he says, oh, go and make a careful search for the child. And when you find him, let me know. So I, too, can come and worship him. Really? And we all know that's fake, right? I mean, he's just going through the motions of Christmas. Right? He's still living a life that says it's all about me. He's still all about self-interest and whatever is going to preserve his power. See, there's so many folks in the world today that are going to walk through this Christmas with that same experience. They're going to walk through, the, through Christmas and, and get all the presents and all the stuff and, and renew some relationships. But will they unwrap the reality of who this child is? Herod missed it. He had the opportunity. Herod missed it. You know what's even worse in the story? Here's what's even worse in the experience. What's even worse is Herod calls in the chief priests and the scribes, the religious people, the people in this room. He calls us in and he says, now, now where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Did you notice a change in language there? He didn't say, where's the king supposed to be born? He said, wait a minute, where's the promised one? Where's the answer to life supposed to be born? And they had the answer. And they said, well, you know, he's going to come out of Bethlehem. That's where he's going to become. And guess who shows up in Bethlehem? Three wise men. No scribes. No chief priests. The answer to life is five miles down the road. Five miles down the road. And they don't show up. Don't miss Christmas. Don't miss it. Unwrap it. Unwrap the reality of what it means to have Jesus 
Christ in your life as Lord and Savior. Unwrap what it means to be able to wake up every day and say, this day belongs to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Unwrap what it means to say, God is in my life. If you unwrap that, then you will understand your life as frankincense. Now we get to the gift. You'll understand the gift of living that kind of life that is a, that is a frankincense kind of life. It means that we get to live. When we get that, when we unwrap that, when we understand who this child really is, God with us in every single day, in every single circumstance, then we can become that person that lives a witness worship life. A witness worship life. That's a hard one to say fast, right? A witness worship life. Get it. You'll get it. Why? Because we know the truth from Matthew. We know the New Testament stuff. We know everything he did. And, and Matthew quotes Isaiah and says, look, 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 look. The virgin will conceive a child. She'll be giving birth to a son. They'll call him what? Emmanuel, which means what? Right here with us in this room, in our life, in our experience, in whatever we face. We don't do this alone anymore. Our lives aren't ours anymore. Our life becomes a life of frankincense. We get to let our life waft and elevate and rise to the glory and praise of God and say, Jesus lives here. How cool is that? That's frankincense living. That's witness living. That's worship. Our lives becoming constant worship. In Psalm 141, it says, Lord, I call upon you. Hasten to me. Give ear to my voice when I cry to you. Let my prayer be set forth as incense, frankincense, before you. The lifting up of my hands as an evening sacrifice. That's what we get. We, we get to raise up our whole life. We get to offer up our whole life as this, this aroma and this frankincense before God. And, and there's going to be times when we're going to experience tough stuff. When we're going to have disappointment. We're going to have heartache. We're going to go through struggle. There's going to be tough stuff in our life because it's a broken world. But that's precisely the place where God is with us. And we get to say, I'm going to live a witness life of worship. I'm just going to offer praise in the midst of it. You try that next time. You just, just do this. Next time that you're facing an incredible challenge in your life, when you're, when you're just stuck in that place of a season of hardship, the way out is to say, I'm going to just praise anyway. I'm just going to praise anyway. Wise men didn't know anything about all the stuff Jesus did. And they were on their knees just praising. Letting their life be that fragrance. When we get in that experience of hardship, our way out is to say, I'm going to be frankincense. I'm going to be frankincense. Let Acts 16, the Apostle Paul and Silas, they, they give us the proof of that, right? In Acts 16, Paul and Silas, they've been arrested They've been beaten, and they've been thrown into jail. It's midnight. They're in the dark. Their backs are bleeding. You would think they were in the midst of discouragement and despondency and depression, right? Look what they do. About midnight, Paul, Silas were praying. They were also worshiping, singing hymns to God, letting it waft in the midst of the prison, letting it flow up to the praises of God in the midst of all of their challenge and suffering, and the other prisoners prisoners were listening to them. What was happening? 
That's a frankincense moment, don't you think? That's a frankincense moment. In the middle of the struggle, they were ready to say, I know who God is. I know who Jesus is. I don't have to worry. I don't have to wonder. I know who he is. And so their lives could elevate. Their lives could flow upward and say, I'm just going to waft an aroma of praise and worship. In Acts 16, you get Paul going down by, by the river to have a time of prayer and a time of worship, right? So it says he goes to find a place of prayer, and, and he sits down, and he begins to speak to some women that were gathered there. And one of them was listening, and her name was, was Lydia. She was in the city of Thytria, and her business was selling purple cloth. And she was a worshiper of God, not a follower of Christ, but a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to accept Paul's message, and she and her family were baptized. Fragrance, aroma, witness worship. Because you know who Christ is, life can elevate and it can just flow into the lives of other people. That's the opportunity of Christmas. The opportunity of wrapping and unwrapping exactly who this child is. God with us. Here's the best statement I can give you. The best statement I can give you to understand where our life goes and, and how our life elevates, okay? And how we go through this Christmas and beyond if we unwrap the truth that these wise men understood. The Apostle Paul says in Second Corinthians, he says, and just get this image, but I thank God who always leads us in what? Victory. See that? Who always, not once in a while, not every so often, not just when it's convenient, who always leads us in victory because of Christ. Wherever we go, God uses us to make clear what it means to know Christ. Just what we've been talking about. That's what the wise men knew. They knew who he was. It's like a fragrance that fills the air. To God, we are the aroma of Christ among those who are saved and among those who are dying. To some people, we are a deadly fragrance, while to others, we are a life-giving fragrance. You know what that means? Next time somebody says to you, man, you stink, you say, amen. No, don't, none of that. You don't need to do that. You say, amen. You bet it. Absolutely. Because I want to be a fragrance. I want to be incense. I, I want to be an aroma that permeates the lives around me. I, I want to have my life rise like that smoke of worship that says, yeah, I know. I know who this child is. I don't have to know all the other stuff he did. I know exactly who he is. He is the Christ and he is God and he is with me. And I know it. I've unwrapped it. And my life, my life becomes the aroma the incense, the frankincense that permeates this world. Amen? Unwrap it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. It is just such an awesome thing that these wise men could show up and to show up for just each one of us today that they could teach us and, and point us to the real, the real unwrap in Christmas. That, that we wouldn't get caught up in all the other stuff that goes into the, into the holidays, but we could stay focused on the, on the heart, the message, God with us. God is with us. Jesus is here with us. And our lives are different. 
our lives now, no matter what the situation is, can know that victory and become that aroma that just fills the air and permeates the lives of others and just lifts our lives up to the heavenly places and says, Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. Father, we praise you. We thank you this day that we can be frankincense in this time and place. In Jesus' precious name, amen.